I am Pastor Corrine Boroff, Senior Pastor at Anderson First United Methodist Church. Thank you for listening to our worship service today. If you want to learn more about this church, visit our website at andersonfirst.org. Have a blessed day and enjoy the message. Thus there were 14 generations in all from Abraham to David, 14 from David to the exile in Babylon, and 14 from the exile to the Messiah. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All of this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. This is God's message for God's people today. Thanks be to God.
285 girls, 285 girls received a very cultural name. In fact, there were probably more than that, but these were 285 noteworthy girls. This happened in Mumbai, India, or India, yeah, Indy. And uh, the uh, young women were named a very cultural name. It's Nakushi. And Nakushi means unwanted. These 285 young girls were given the opportunity, Associated Press covered this story, they were given the opportunity to change their name and receive a name that empowered them, a name of their choice. And so that was the number of young girls that showed up for this naming ceremony. And they came all dressed up in their very finest to receive their certificate of their new name. And they got to choose their name. And some of them chose a name that meant that they were beautiful, that they were smart, that they had power. One chose a name that meant very tough. They could choose whatever name suited them and give up the name that meant unwanted. And so they did. There's a lot of power in names, and this sermon would go in a whole different direction if we talked about the importance of our name for us and what that means and what kind of reputation is attached to the name that we carry. The reputation that we build up and the reputation that we might inherit. But instead, we're going to talk about the importance of the name, particularly as we begin, the importance of a name to our culture. In the United States, a name is very important. One of the very first things that parents have to do is to name their infant. And you submit then a legal document called a birth certificate. We all have one. Did you know, though, that there are legal and illegal names according to most states in the United States? Now, some states have no regulation on names, Indiana is one of those. But most states have some very specific regulations on what kinds of names can be given to a newborn, what kinds of names can be placed on a birth certificate. And no obscenities or offensive names are allowed. Oftentimes there's foreign names that would not be allowed. Trademarks are not allowed. Different names with certain hyphenations or other uh, punctuation marks added to them are not allowed. And of course there are some states that you cannot be named after religious figures. And on those states, Jesus Christ is listed right at the top. And so we have these prohibitions on what name can be given to a newborn. There's also other regulations about when parents have to name a child. And again, it's up to the state in the United States. 
and it varies from before you leave the hospital, before the infant leaves the hospital, they have to have a name, to the most expanded naming process, which is in California, and you simply have to take out a form, it's called a supplemental name record. When you complete that, if you complete it within the first year of a child's life, you have no legal fees due. So they allow up to a year for a naming process. There are also states that require different names. For example, you have to have both a first name and a last name. Some require a middle name. Some put a regulation on how many characters, how many letters can be in the total name. In Massachusetts, a first, a middle, and a last name cannot exceed 40 characters. That'd be a long name, right? Count it up. I, I kind of looked at some names. That's a lot of letters. However, they are not to exceed that. And there's all different kinds of regulations. So we in the United States take naming very seriously. Why? Well, particularly for the birth certificate, because having a birth certificate in the United States allows you certain rights. The right to be a citizen of the United States. And this is most highlighted in our prison system. Because with our name... And being a citizen of the United States, we have the privileges of being a citizen within this country. But those who break the law and are incarcerated are given what's called an SO, or a booking number. Now, if you ask the legal system, it's just a practicality, because some people have the same name. However, symbolically, what that does is say, you have lost your rights as a citizen because you have broken the law. Therefore, your name is not used. You are given a number. So we take it very, very seriously in the United States. We're not the only ones that takes naming seriously. Our God is a naming God. Our God does so regularly. In fact, if you look in the very beginning of the Bible, in Genesis 1, God created the earth, and then he says, let there be light and there was light. He named it and created it. And so goes with creation. And he comes to creating human beings in his own image. And the first task that is given to the human beings created in his own image is to name the rest of God's creation. God shared the power of giving a name with us. Very powerful. To be given the power of naming. 
God gave that, shared that with us. We practice and honor this naming here in our church. When we baptize someone, we do as Jesus instructed, to baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That's our baptism. We also, part of our baptismal ceremony is to ask, what name is given? Now in some traditions, not ours, but some traditions, there's a new name that's given at baptism. Well, for me, example, I was baptized just a little over a year old. My brother and I were baptized at the same time. I was baptized Corrine K. Kaiser, the same name that I was given at birth. So what's the big deal? Why do we have to say that at baptism? Because symbolically, in baptism, we are announcing a new creation. And so we are saying, now this name, something new has happened. The Holy Spirit is acknowledged and at work in that person bearing that name. We also claim a name at baptism. We claim publicly that our children, if it's an infant baptism, or as an adult, if we say it ourselves, that we are claiming the name Christian. That we want to be acknowledged and identified as part of this body of Christ. This large body of God's children. So naming is something that we practice within the tradition as God has called us to do so. And God didn't stop naming with creation. We hear in our scripture that God ordained that this baby that was going to be born to Mary was to be named Jesus. God gave him his name. He was to be named Jesus. Jesus, which means Lord saves. A savior. Jesus was to be a savior. So a very important name to be given. Today, in your bulletins, you have a pamphlet that you received. It's about the chrismon tree. And it identifies for you all the different chrismons, all the different symbols that name Jesus Christ. And you have a few of those listed in your bulletin just so you can see the variety. Jesus bears with him many, many names, many symbols that point to Christ. And on the first page of that booklet, you'll see just the third one down is our Cairo. The symbol that we're talking about today, one that we 
may or may not be familiar with. You have probably seen the symbol in churches somewhere. It's often in stained glass windows. But we have the X, what looks like an X and a P. And it's pronounced, the symbol is a chi rho. And basically, first just the chrismons themselves, those are monograms of Christ. And it's the word just put together. This, again, is a very new kind of uh, cultural naming of these symbols. They're symbols that we use all year round, but at Christmas time particularly, we call them Christmons, Christ's monograms. That name came around just in 1957. But we have these chrismons and we have these uh, symbols and chi are the first two letters of the Greek word for Christ. The Greek word is Christos, so very close to what we in English say Christ. And those first two letters, the chi, C-H-I, is symbolize the X. And Rho, the symbol, is the P. We have with us, then, this term of Christ. Now, God didn't name Jesus Christ. God gave the name Jesus the Savior, but Jesus was the one prophesied. Jesus came to us, and in his work of salvation, in his birth, in his life, in his death, and ultimately in his glorious resurrection, he became the Christ. The Messiah is the word used in the Old Testament. He became Jesus Christ. And you see, he received his name, Jesus, according to Levitical law, according to the Old Testament law, so that eight days after he was born, he was taken from Bethlehem to the temple in Jerusalem so that he could receive his name. That was Levitical law. You can look it up in the book of Leviticus in the Old Testament. Chapter 12, verse 3. The naming process. But Christ wasn't a part of that. That is the fulfillment that Christ, that Jesus, lived into. He became, for the people, for us, Christ. The Cairo. The Cairo has a history of its own. That symbol, the legend says that 300 years after Christ's resurrection. That Constantine, who was then the emperor, had a dream, had a vision, and it was Jesus Christ that appeared to him. And Christ showed him the symbol and said, use this symbol in all of your military conquests to show the people that Christ 
is your victor. That you experience victory in Christ. Now whether that legend is a true or not, we don't know. However, that symbol has come to represent that very thing. That through Christ, we receive victory. Victory from overcoming sin. Victory from conquering eternal death. That's what we experience in Christ. And so the Cairo symbol is something that's very unique, very important for us yet today. One other thing I want to point out about Cairo that makes it very significant for this Christmas season. Because not only did Jesus come as a Savior, he came to us as a baby. Very common. In fact, more than just common. I mean, he came to poor parents in a poor community in a very poor setting, a stable. He appeared first to the outcasts of society when the shepherds came to worship him. Very, very common. In the word, in the symbols for Cairo, for the word Christ, the X, the Chi, is what we hear and see and is translated into Christ, the Messiah. The anointed one of God that came to save. But if you look up Ro, Ro is a very, very, very common letter in the Greek language. It has no special meaning. It's come to be used in science here and there and for different symbols and trade symbols. It is very, very common. And so in that particular symbol, we have both the glory of God in Jesus Christ and the lowly infant child. A common, common child born to us on Christmas. And so... As we think about Christmas, as we look to our symbols of Jesus Christ, let us remember another scripture. In Philippians, we hear these words. Every knee shall bow at the name of Christ, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the power of our Lord God. Every knee should bow and every tongue confess at the name of Jesus. The Cairo. Amen. <laughs>